0: Welcome to Loving the Christ Life. Brad Wilson, welcome to podcast number 167. Thank you for being with us, and we're continuing in this great series with Warren Litzman. Hard to believe this is going to be part number 13 of the series Jesus and Paul. It's fascinating, it's educational, and it's a blessing. Let's get right into it. Here's Warren.
1: Because the kingdom message, which deals with the third dimensional living, is so predominant in our day, the Holy Spirit has been relegated to an outer work once again. If you want a blessing, if you need a miracle, if you want your healing, if you want to prosper, the work of the Spirit is all directed toward third dimension. So on the day of Pentecost, when they were filled with the Holy Spirit, third-dimensional religion was more predominant because that's all the 120 knew. They knew from Jesus' ministry, but more than Jesus' ministry, they knew from the Israel church they were a part of, which went all the way back into the Old Testament, the outer things of God. To this day in the Torah and many of the liturgies of Judaism, the coming out of Pharaoh's bondage, the crossing of the Red Sea, the God who supplies in the wilderness are still the great points of worship in Judaism. What is this third dimension? Why? That's where God put him. That's where he wanted him to be. But on the day of Pentecost, when the new body of Christ was formed, we are not a part of Mary's body. Jesus of Nazareth lived in Mary's body. But on the day of Pentecost, the accumulation of those believers were each placed by the Holy Spirit, 1 Corinthians 12 and 13, for by one Spirit, Holy Spirit, are we all placed or baptized into one body. When they were placed by the Holy Spirit as a body, Christ had returned to this earth in a human form. The body of Christ called the church. But you see, even though God did that, and even though the church was begun, and even though there were member, body members in the church, the body of Christ, they still didn't know. For several years, the early church existed without the knowledge that Christ was in them. Oh, I'm sure a few knew that. There were some who bolted that idea just like there is today. Some of you have bolted the idea from third dimension to fourth dimension because you knew there was more of God in the early church. In fact, uh, Barnabas and... uh, One other name slipped me. Barnabas left the first church in Jerusalem along with uh, the other brother, and they went up to Antioch and moved the Bible school up there, where Paul had a predominant ministry. Mark. Who? Mark. No, no, I'll get it. <laughs> there were some that saw this, but it wasn't God's time. For the Holy Spirit to be released finally to what it was God had planned for human beings, he had to have a voice. He had to have somebody that could affect it. Now, I think lots of times about the decision God made at this time. It was an awesome decision. Jesus had brought for 12 apostles who he had trained. There were others, the 70. I don't know who all was in the 70. The biggest preacher of that day, aside from Peter, was Apollos. I think of all the characters that God had that he could have moved through. Why didn't he use them? Why didn't he use Peter to be the one to bring us into revelation knowledge of the new life in Christ? He let Peter preach on the day of Pentecost, and Peter preached the third dimensional sermon that the Holy Spirit is being poured out upon us. No in Christ position, no in-person Holy Spirit there. Wonderful move of the Spirit, and many of us, including me, have experienced it, and I thank God for it, but they were not in Revelation knowledge. So the early church existed without that knowledge. God blessed them. It's just like the church is today, without the knowledge that Christ is in them. So he raised up a man. Why did he raise up Paul? I think he raised up Paul because Paul had not followed Jesus of Nazareth. I think he raised up Paul because Paul was never a member of the Israel church in the New Testament. He was rank and file Judaism. And I think he raised up Paul because Paul was the meanest man on earth. You see, he had to have a special voice. He had to have someone in the first place who had the guts to speak boldly a new message even before the old Israel church that dated back to Abraham. He had to have somebody that knew what it was that was happening. What it was that was happening. What is God really doing? Well, he saw it clearly. He saw it without any of the past organization of religion. He saw it clearly. So revelation knowledge came to the Apostle Paul first, and that by the Holy Spirit. When it pleased God, he says, who separated me from my mother's womb and called me by his grace to reveal his Son in me. That's not a spiritualization. I often uh, check theologians and what they have to say about what is plainly written in the scriptures, and one of the most common interpretations of that event is that they say that Paul went into the Arabian desert and fasted and prayed and really felt the presence of the Lord. No revelation knowledge at all. All outer. No understanding that God actually revealed by the Holy Spirit another person lived in Paul. Well, Revelation knowledge, then, is moving from one dimension to another. Christian living is balancing these dimensions. Christian living is not the mother in her effort taking care of the child. It's the mother, as Christ, who takes care of that child. See, that's a big issue because more and more we have mothers that don't like children. In my city, we average every week or two some mother throwing her baby in a garbage can. Why has the world come to this? We have no knowledge of life. How is abortion one of our most grievous sins of the day? There's no revelation knowledge. You see, you can't perfect third dimension. Are you aware of this? Some of you are politically minded. Have you ever said that rascal we got in office now, if we ever get him out of there, we'll be all right. So you canvassed and you politicked and you worked hard and you got another one in there, and in a few days he was a rascal. Why? You can't change the third dimension. You can't change it. You can't change people. We can't change it by methods and means. Third dimension doesn't change. You know when it will change? It's going to change when the Messiah sets on the throne on this earth. See? That's when you're going to have a change in third dimension. And the millennium is all outer. Everything will be like it was in original creation, and better, I suppose. But it will still be earthly, because the change must be made by Christ. Well, if you can't change third dimension, then what kind of love is it that causes human beings to be born again to follow Christ in the Spirit and have to live in third dimension? Ah, God's love said, I'll put a part of myself in them. And that's how they'll overcome. Me and them, they and me, us in unity, one with the Father. And that's how we exist. That's how we live. But that requires revelation knowledge. So the scriptures become very important at this juncture. Knowing. That's a big word. You know what the biggest word of consecration is? Knowing. Knowing. Revelation knowledge, then, is a process of knowing. Turn with me, if you will, to Second Timothy chapter 1. Famous scripture, verse 12, you know it by heart. like to start there with Paul's testimony, for the which cause I also suffer these things. Nevertheless, I am not ashamed, for I know whom, circle it, I know whom I have believed and am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I have committed unto him against that day. I know in whom I have believed. Now, one of the best ways to look at the movement from third dimension to fourth dimension is in the word whom here. Generally speaking, Christians attest their relationship with God by what they believe. A good Catholic would say, well, I believe in the Catholic Church. They don't know much else, but I believe in the Catholic Church. A good Baptist says, I believe the Baptist doctrine, and they have it by rote. A Presbyterian has Calvinism by rote in their mind. They know what they believe. People without a religion are most dedicated to what they believe. I used to go to people and i said, say, do you believe in miracles? I'd say to somebody, do you believe God can heal you? My approach, my basic thought was what I believed. I believed God could do those things, and he could, and he did. But that's still third dimensional. <coughs> to make the movement into the spirit realm... God no longer is concerned with what Jesus can do because the heart of the gospel of grace is not based on what he can do finally. It's based on who he is. If God was still depending on what we do with Jesus in us, what kind of shape we'd be in? how much we would fail. But instead, he's depending on who Christ is in us. You know the difference there? If he was depending on what I did with Christ, then the cross is null and void to God because Jesus would have died in vain. In the end, God would put Christ in us and then say, you better do something right yourself to make it all work. Well, he would be right back where he started with Israel if he did that, without Christ in him. So instead, God looks at us, and he says, I put Christ in you, and I depend on Christ, not on the basis of what you do, but on the basis of what he did. Therefore, his finished work works in you, and who he is is bigger than what he is. So, in whom you believe was Paul's words, not what I believe. Whom do you believe in? You're going to struggle all your life with what you believe. You're going to hear somebody say one thing about the Scriptures and somebody else another thing, and you're going to wrestle with it and you won't get it clear in your mind, and you'll read a Scripture and it says one thing one day and another thing the next day. You're going to be confused and frustrated. So what the Holy Spirit wants to do is move you from third-dimensional thinking because you want it to be good and not bad. You've got to recognize the new creature. Oh, I love Paul. Where is it? Uh, Galatians six, where he says neither circumcision nor uncircumcision matters. Then what matters, Paul? If doing good and not doing bad doesn't matter, what matters then? The new life, the new creature. That's what matters. That's all that matters. The new creature. without the Holy Spirit teaching us Jesus, we would never know that he was in us. Jesus worked on this whom. W-H-O-M, Paul gives us in this verse. I know in whom I believe. Who is the whom? Christ joined our spirit. How are you going to know him? How are you going to know him? How many times have you read, let's say, the first chapter of Ephesians? Greatest document, I think, in the Bible. How many times have you read it? Thirteen times that short chapter says, in Christ. Did you get it? I did, not I preached for thirteen years before it ever dawned on me. After preaching thirteen years... I had a student in college that said, I noticed all these in Christ statements. I said, let's figure them out. How many are there? Went through the Bible. There was over 200 of them, and 146 of them were said by Paul. And I had taught Ephesians 1 dozens of times. Missed it. Didn't grasp it. New Bibles don't get it. Even today, they cut it out. Living Bible cut all of them out. That's the number one seller. What's missing? The work of the Holy Spirit. The work of the Holy Spirit. Who's to teach us, Jesus? That's why Jesus said when the Holy Spirit comes, He will not speak of Himself. I love that little line there because I used to have Holy Ghost revivals. There were Holy Ghost preachers and Holy Ghost meetings and Holy Ghost days. And and one day the Holy Spirit said to me, Quit doing that. Don't make any day for me. You're not to speak of me. We're to speak of him. You see, we miss little things like that. And those little things added all together kept us from knowing Jesus was in us, kept us from revelation knowledge. What do we do when we're ignorant? We go somewhere where the Spirit's moving in an outer way. Isn't that right? If we've got a slow, dull song service, we want to pep it up. That's God, I want to feel good. That's okay. But what have we done then? We have emphasized the third dimension. And whatever it is, whatever your praise or song is, when you lift it to the Lord, it comes from Him, not you. Who sings? You. Who rejoices? You. You no longer live. So you see, the Holy Spirit has to help us to bridge that gap between me who I am to who He is.
0: Sadly, our time is up for today, but we'll pick up right where we left off next week on this great series with Warren Litzman about Jesus and Paul. Don't forget, we are brought to you each week by the Christ Life Fellowship. We'd love for you to go visit our website, christ-life.org. Read all about us. Don't forget, Get in that bookstore and look for the book Paul. It's a fantastic book, and it's perfect for you to read along with this series. And be sure and tell others about this podcast. We're trying to spread this christ life message to the ends of the earth. Our thanks now to Robbie Litzman for allowing us to go into the archives each week to bring you these wonderful teachings. Valerie Hill does our Twitter account. Tammy Laycock, She does the weekly podcast notes. And the wonderful Teresa Ferraro from the Christ Life Fellowship is our producer each week. Until next time, I'm Brad Wilson, loving the Christ Life.